Welcome to Your Personnel File, a podcast at Army Human Resources Command. Your Personnel File explores the programs, policies, and initiatives designed to serve you, the soldier, veteran, and family member. Now, let's join our host, Master Sergeant Glenn Riddell, and find out what's inside Your Personnel File at HRC. Hello, and welcome to this installment of Your Personnel File. I'm Master Sergeant Glenn Riddell, and on this episode, we're talking about Army voting. The 2022 United States elections will be held on November 8, 2022. During this midterm election year, all 435 seats in the House of Representatives and 34 of the 100 seats in the Senate will be contested. Additionally, 39 state and territorial gubernatorial and numerous other state and local elections will also be contested. The Federal Voting Assistance Program works to ensure soldiers, their eligible family members, and overseas citizens are aware of their right to vote and have the tools and resources to successfully do so from anywhere in the world. Our guest for this episode is Army civilian employee, Ms. Rachel Gilman, the Army Voting Action Officer. Ms. Gilman, thank you for taking time out of your busy calendar to be here and educate all of our listeners and expand their awareness about this vital Army program. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, good morning. Good Thank morning. you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love talking about the Army Voting Program. Um, let me see about myself. I've been an Army civilian for 12 years, and for all 12 of those years, I have managed the Army Voting Assistance Program. I work with installation voting assistance officers and unit voting assistance officers to provide eligible voters with any kind of assistance that they might need for the voting season. No, thank you. So you said eligible uh, folks, and I think I covered that in our intro, but can you go more in depth of who are, who are eligible people that your office assists or the Army Voting Program assists? Sure, so the voting program is eligible for service members, their families, contractors, civilians, uh, children of service members. So it's for anybody that is away from their home or deployed or not at their regular uh, home of record if they decide that they want to vote. Okay, thank you. Um, is there anything before we dive into it, because I have a bunch of pre-scripted uh, questions that I want to ask. Sure. Uh, anything that you want to uh, tell us up front about the Army Voting Program? Um, I think that it's really important to note that this program is a um, nonpartisan program. So we do not push people to identify themselves Republican or Democrat. We're strictly bipartisan. We are like an education and awareness program. So if someone needs information and wants to vote, we are able to help them, assist them to be able to request their ballot, register, and then uh, receive their ballot and be able to vote in elections. Thank you, and I like the way you uh, phrase that as an education information program because as a uh, prior first sergeant, you know, it was required that we always had a voting uh, action officer, right? And, and that person was, uh, they stayed busy. And we actually kind of got, not kind of, we actually got inspected numerous times by the, the local IG's office mm -hmm. to make sure we were in compliance with it. Um, so, are you a one-woman show uh, for the Army voting officer, or do you have am. a staff? I am. It's just me. I uh, manage the program. Uh, Brigadier General Hope Rampy, she is the senior most um, senior service voting officer. So it's it's really her program, and then I manage it for her. But I do have some help outside of the building, 
and that would be the installation voting assistance officers. They manage voting offices on um, almost all of the military installations worldwide. And then we also have the unit voting assistance officers, and they're appointed and trained, and they manage the programs down at the unit level. And we know that this is a really important population because probably 98% of voting assistance happens down at the unit level because of the cohesiveness of a unit and how a unit gathers together for formations and meetings and activities and stuff like that so that they're able to provide voting assistance right down at that level rather than expecting a soldier to um, you know, try and get time away to go to the installation voting assistance office. No, yeah, I never thought of it like that. Um, one unique voting story I have is the 2008 elections, I was a drill sergeant uh, uh -huh. for Lanarmon, Missouri, and the installation voting assistance officer came to every single company, all the basic trainings, talked about you know uh, their uh, the program and what they could provide to the soldiers, and at the same mm -hmm. time, uh, a couple of days later, the senior mission commander said, "Hey, drill sergeants, if the soldiers want to vote, we took them on buses down to the local St. Robert uh, uh, balloting and, and let them vote." Yeah, it's really important to make sure that. Um, when they're in training, when they're away, if they're deployed, that if they do want to vote, that they still are able to do to cast a ballot. Right. Um, so you said uh, you have support from every installation voting officer. Mm -hmm. You pretty much are a one-woman show, which is very impressive. Uh, Thank you. What have what's the uh, what's reach do you have? How many folks have you assisted? I don't know if you brought those numbers. Like how many how many folks have asked for voting assistance in the past? You pick the time frame. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, let me caveat that by saying that the Title X, the law, does not allow us to track voters. So we're not allowed to um, ask if they voted. We're not allowed asked to allow who they voted for. Um, in a way, kind of, we don't really care if they vote or not, but we need to know that if they have the information to vote, if they want to, that we're able there to help them. So for assistance that we have so far provided from January until now, um, we have distributed over 233,526 federal postcard applications. And that's the card that service members and eligible voters need to fill out and send off to their local election office if they're interested in voting in the 2022 elections. Okay. that's so. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of folks who have asked for assistance or information. That is. That's a lot of forms. And you're <laughs> gonna, we're going to see the, the number of that form being provided is going to increase over probably the next six months. As the state primaries start coming, people are going to need to be requesting their FPCA so that they can get registered so they can vote in those primary elections. And what does FPCA stand for again? That is the Federal Postcard Application. Federal Postcard Application. Yeah. And so you kind of lead me into my next question. Yeah. You, know, you said in the next six months with state elections coming up, uh, I was going to ask you, you, my assumption would be you see a big uptick in requests for information and assistance during the presidential election season. 
every four years. But is that a true statement or am I, or am I, am I wrong? That's a very true statement. Uh, this program, the voting assistance program, it's a year-round program. So even if it's a non-election year, there are still elections going on. So there's still unit voting assistance officers, there's still installation voting assistance officers. But we definitely do see an uptick in midterm years like this year and then in presidential election years. Gotcha. And you, you kind of, this leads right into my next one, is you talked about the voting assistance officers year-round. So where are they? Where would I find a voting mm -hmm. assistance officer? We say the installation, right? And you mm -hmm. said every unit. So what, at every echelon is a question. And then what type of training, you mentioned it earlier, like what type of training do they receive? And then what are their roles and responsibilities? And how do you help in all of that? So wow, that's a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> okay, so first off, uh, the program is a commander's program. So commanders should be appointing unit voting assistance officers at every unit, at every level, all the way down to the company. So for example, there's a requirement that there needs to be one unit voting assistance officer for the first 25 service members in that unit. And then for an additional 75 service members, you need to have another UVAO. So it's not like if you have, um, you know, say for example, you know, some companies, they have, you know, 200 people in them. You don't have just one person. So they're appointed at levels according to whatever the population is. The Federal Voting Assistance Program, which is the DOD portion of the program, they come around biannually and hold workshops around the world that unit voting assistance officers can go and attend to get their training. It's about two hours, they do it hands-on. It's a great experience for UVAOs, and I recommend any UVAO, if they have an opportunity to go to a workshop, that they do attend it. If it's a non-election year, then they can do the training online through the Federal Voting Assistance Program webpage. Okay, and now, so, I like your explanation from the company level all the way up to division corps voting officers. Now, I would going to, uh, from my experience, the company, the battalion level, brigade, those are all additional duties. Is there a point in the hierarchy besides yours uh, where it's a permanent position, whether it's a civilian employee or a soldier? So the unit voting assistance officers are all additional duty. On the civilian side, we're finding that a lot of civilians are being appointed as the installation voting assistance officer. It's their, um, it's their additional duty as well. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so so it's, a, it's a big job. Absolutely it's, it's, it is. You know, for managing you know, the program, especially for some of the really large installations, um, they really need to have a good, cohesive, strong program in order to make sure that they're reaching you know, everybody that's on that installation. And, you know, it got me when, when, when this topic came up for a podcast, I, I did some thinking and some reflection. And, and I, I'm going to tell the truth here on this podcast. You know, in, 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 the, in the normal Army grind, active, active component, right, you take this for granted at the company level, right? I'm, I'm going to say what it is. Mm -hmm. But then coming here to be the first Army HRC, and we had 1,100 soldiers, and we had, you know, almost 2,000, 2,000-ish uh, civilian employees, mm -hmm. you know, as people get older, sometimes younger soldiers don't really understand the importance of voting. Uh, but I'll tell you what, as people get older, they care, right? As we should. Mm -hmm. But the reflection point for me is like, you know, we defend this constitution, right? This idea. Um, and voting is part of that. 
and, and, and shame on Riddell for back in the day for, for you, know, <laughs> you know, taking it for granted because it is important, right? And we, we, we owe our soldiers at least the understanding of, hey, here's information of how you can vote and here's some uh, assistance and information and here are the right people to talk to if you need things like absentee ballots of that nature. It's, it is really important and a lot of times when soldiers are away from home at a duty station, they get caught up in that grind and they forget, oh hey, I, I didn't tell my, election, my election official that I'm deployed or I'm TDY at a school and so you know we want to make sure that we're able to help them if they need to do a change of address or if they want to. You know, because many states, if you're not registered, they're not going to allow you to vote. So we need to be able to reach out to them at the beginning of the year so that they're able to get the assistance that they need. And you brought up a really good point because I was going to say, we're finding that it's a lot of the younger voters that really we need to make sure that we reach out to. Because the younger soldiers, younger spouses, they, you know, maybe have never voted before. They're first time voters they, you know, decided, oh, I'm not going to vote, you know, and, and so, but, you know, another election is coming, and so you want to make sure that you encourage them. We find that um, soldiers that are, have been in the military for a really long time, they know how to vote, and they are older, you know, like our age, and so it is important to them, and they're not going to need really any assistance because probably for, you know, the last 20 years, they have been in touch with their election official and they're from their hometown and they're on a first name basis with them. Right. So it's really important that we are able to reach younger soldiers and provide them the information um, as easy as possible. Right. Yeah, you know, this young generation, they want everything the easiest. On an app. Yes, <laughs> the easiest way possible. And unfortunately, you know, with voting, it, we don't really have an app that they can do that on because of, you know, the security of ballots and signatures and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think it's really important that we're out there and we're giving, you know, everybody the information that they need it, you know, as fast as possible. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And one thing that comes to mind for me is when you hear military and voting, it's always absentee ballots, right? That's in my experience. When you hear military and voting, you always, uh, and deployed wise, you hear absentee uh, voting process. Can you explain what that means, what absentee voting is or, or ballots? How, how, you tell me if I'm saying the right uh, words. No, you've got it, you got it. So um, if a soldier is deployed, and they're overseas and they're not, they're not away from home, that considers them a uniform overseas soldier. And so they're able to request a ballot, request register and request a ballot, and then have that sent to them, and then they can fill it out and send it back in order to be able to vote. But that's not just always overseas. So say if you have a soldier that is from Kentucky and they're stationed at Fort Irwin, and they still want to be able to vote, they're also eligible to, you know, vote absentee because they're away from their, you know, home station or their, you know, home of record. Right. So, um, it, you don't necessarily have to be overseas in order to be an absentee voter. But you have to be registered in that jurisdiction. Yes, yes you do. You that have to make sure that the local election official knows that you're away from home. They know where to send the ballot with the current address 
and then um, the service member knows how to get that ballot and get it returned in plenty enough time. Got you. And all of our UVA, UVAOs, right, Union mm -hmm. Voting Assistance Officers, yes. they are trained in assisting soldiers through this process or get them the right information of, you know, how to accomplish what they desire uh, in each state. Yes, exactly. And the, the, the thing is, is that it's really important for unit voting assistance officers and for service members to know who they are because every single state, the requirements are different. So you, what is good in, in California is probably not going to be good what's in Kentucky. So they might have different requirements. So in some states, if you don't vote in the primary, then you can't vote in the, in the November election. But if you don't want to vote in the primary, you can vote in the, you know, in the November election. So it's just really important that voters are aware of when is their state primary, make sure that the election official knows that they want to vote and they know, you know how to get the ballot to them. And then one of the really important things is that once they receive the ballot, they've got to fill it out, sign it, make sure it's all legible, and get it back in the mail so that their vote gets counted. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> don't delay. Yeah, don't delay. <laughs> don't, don't delay. Don't wait. And we like to wait sometimes. So <laughs> what we're hearing is do not wait. Get ahead of it. Yes, yes. So, Ms. Gilman, where would you uh, say a good place for our listeners, uh, besides going to the unit voting officer, where can they go find information? Is there a website or anything uh, that could help them? There is. We have several resources that people can go to if they want to have information. One of the places that they can go is to the HRC website. So listeners can go to uh, www.hrc.army.mil and they'll find a web page that's dedicated to our program, Army Voting Program, and links that um, will take you directly to the Federal Voting Assistance Program. Another um, great place that they can go to get information is the Federal Voting Assistance Program website. There is everything that a voter would need to know in order to be able to request, register, and get your ballot. They actually have this really cool feature. It's a voting wizard. And so once the voter logs in, they just click on their state. And then the website pulls up all of that state relevant information, all the dates, all the requirements, and then they can just fill the form out, print it out, sign it, and then send it back. So it's a great way for, it's like one-stop shop. Yeah, it sounds And like we've done this, we've tested it out, and it literally is like less than five minutes in order for, you know, someone to go in there and register and be able to, you know, get their, you know, information back to their election official. No, that's good information. Um, so I'm going to give a shameless plug here for you. I'm going to tell all these commanders <laughs> and first sergeants out there and battalion squadron CSMs and battalion commanders out there, you know, appoint, appoint the right person. You know, don't, don't look at it as a, you know, just next person up, put, some, put a name on a memo and sign it. Get them trained, explain the importance to them, put the right person in the position, and, and let, the, uh, let that unit voting assistance officer run and put the information out across their uh, organizations. Exactly. And, you know, if I was a commander, I would appoint somebody that was eager and wanted to do the work um, because it's really important and it's important you know you don't want for soldiers coming to you and saying hey I didn't get a chance to vote I didn't know who the voting person was 
And the beautiful thing about that, for commanders being able to appoint who they want, there's no grade and rank requirements. So they can appoint whoever they want. I mean, obviously, you know, we would say, you know, pick somebody that can handle that level of responsibility. But, um, you know, not having a grade and rank requirement really adds, you know, more flexibility to commanders for who they decide that they want to, you know, appoint. That's a great point, you know, mm -hmm. th that you could pick who you want. There's no constraints no. Uh, from the Army on this one. Yeah, and we have some great, great, um, you know, voting assistance officers that are out there, you know. Absolutely. Well, ma'am, I want to give you the opportunity to whatever you want to say uh, to kind of close us out. Any other information that's... Are, my, are we done? I like think that, really? I think, we're, I think we're done. Oh my you know? gosh, that went by it really fast. It goes by fast when you we're know, engaged I, and it's good information. <laughs> I love voting and I love my program and I will, shameless plug for me, I will go anywhere to talk about voting. If I can talk about my program, I will. Um, so I think the last thing that I want for everyone to remember is that if you're a service member and you're geographically distant from where you're registered to vote, please exercise your right to vote. It's, it's a right and it's a privilege and you defend, that, you defend that right. So I encourage everybody, reach out to me if you have questions or need information. Um, and you know, just look for your state deadlines and don't delay, don't, don't wait. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for taking time out of your extremely busy day. Obviously, you're a one-woman <laughs> show. And to educate our listeners about the Army Voting Assistance Program, its importance to all of our soldiers, families, and other eligible voters. If our listeners out there have any additional questions, you can go to www.hrc.mil or call 1-888-ARMY-HRC. That's 1-888-276-9472. If you like this podcast, please follow us on Delta Victor India Delta Sierra, iTunes, Spotify, etc. I'm Master Sergeant Glenn Riddell, and I hope you come back for our next episode of the HRC Personnel File. Your Personnel File is a monthly podcast brought to you by the Army Human Resources Command Public Affairs Office located at Fort Knox. Today's podcast was written and produced by Bill Costello with support by the Human Resources Command Public Affairs team. Visual imagery is courtesy of Staff Sergeant Benjamin Shaw. Our audio technician was Mr. Hyang Go, and our host was Master Sergeant Glenn Riddell.